Hey, C, what are we doing here? Well, this is called a disclaimer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. We are doing a disclaimer um, because of why are we doing a disclaimer, C? Well, this episode was recorded on March 10th, and both Akimni and I, we, you'll hear all about what we thought about the movie Creed 3. We've got a lot of thoughts about it and just found it to be a great uh, source of good conversation, both theologically and sociologically and all the things. And so we hope that you enjoy the episode. But we also know that since March 10th, uh, there have been a whole host of allegations about one of those primary stars of this particular movie. We know that those allegations are triggering to many people, and we want to be sensitive to that. And so we want to let you know some context for the time frame in which we recorded it. And obviously, just like everyone else, we're waiting to hear how this case works itself out. Yes. And uh, because of um, when the, the episode was recorded and even the content of the movie, um, we understand this can be uh, triggering. Um, and in light of these allegations you know, and the investigation, the pending investigation um, involving Jonathan Majors, we really do want to make sure that any of our sisters at the table or brothers at the table um, or in the standing room section um, that have a particular sensitivity around um, this issue, please feel free to hit pause or stop on this episode before proceeding. Uh, we, myself and Christina, will be doing a follow-up episode um, about uh, what it means, you know, to find out or to learn about um, maybe a, a history or some things that are going on in somebody's life. Um, uh, and how do we sort through that? How do we, how do we navigate that? So we, so please stay tuned and look forward um, to a follow-up episode um, from us. Um, and in the meantime, if you're able to proceed with this episode, we hope that you'll be, a, be able to enjoy it and um, take it in. Uh, with that lens and understanding that we did uh, record this on March 10th, 2023, prior to the recent news. So we're eager to hear what you think about it. So we'll look out for your comments because we know you got thoughts. Be well, everybody. Yes. This episode of Truth Table is brought to you by our NAACP Image Award nominated book, Truth Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation. Get it where all books are sold. This episode of Truth Table is brought to you by InterVarsity Press, whose vision is to catalyze redemption, restoration, and revival in our divided and broken world. Follow IVP on Twitter at IVPress and visit IVP's website at www.ivpress.com. Sisters, how y'all feel? Brothers, y'all all right? If this is your first time at Truth Table, Welcome to the table. And if you've been sitting at the table with us all these years, we are so grateful that you have been listening to us through these years. And we are inviting you to partner with us and support our work at patreon.com slash truthstable. Now pull up a chair and have a seat at the table with us. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Truth's Table. Midwives and culture for grace and truth. I'm McKemini. And I'm Christina. This table is built by Black women and for Black women. So welcome to the table, C. How you doing, girl? I'm doing okay. You know, it's been quite the day. It's, you know, it's been the day. It's been a day. It's been it's a day. It's been a lot of responsibilities. I don't, I don't know, uh, listener, when you are listening to this, but it's a, it's a Friday at this present moment for us. And it's towards the end of the typical work day, and, you know, and I'm looking forward to some rest. Listen, <laughs> we wouldn't do a recording on a Friday, but we love y'all. Listen. But we're doing what we got to do to make it work. <laughs> And we have obligations. Carry on. Responsibilities. Lisa, Lisa, it's been a busy year for Truth Table already. Already, y'all. Indeed, indeed. We're not even through the first quarter. So indeed, praise God. Indeed, Let's see what indeed. else the Lord has in store. But um, y'all, we are coming to y'all with a movie review. That is on. That is a topic on the table. Movie review, not of- just any movie review. Yes. Not just any movie review. <laughs> But of Creed three, okay, yes, yes. directed by three. Michael B. Jordan, mm-hmm. starring Jonathan Majors and Jackson. Tessa Thompson yes. and Felicia, Felicia Rashad. Get it, Wood Harris. Let's go Act through the <laughs> Put some respect on their names. So anyway, that is the topic on the table. It's a movie review. Now y'all usually don't get movie movie reviews until. Mid season, maybe later on in the season, but look, 
We switching it up, y'all. Season seven, we switching it up. We're keeping you on. And look, and they don't know. Nobody knows our schedule like we know it. <laughs> exactly. But but I think that they know they're like, oh dang, a movie review. And they have had time, y'all. Listen, y'all need to see go see Creed Three, okay? So if you if you just realizing that we're gonna talk about this, pause, go see it, and come back and listen. Because <laughs> yes, spoiler, spoilers, spoilerlicious. Spoilers galore. There will be spoilers galore. So we don't want to hear about that. Well, y'all spoiled it. Y'all no. spoiled it. This is this is your opportunity right now. Right now. This is it. This is it. <laughs> So, okay. So if y'all don't know, Shelly, this is your time to exit, y'all. Exit, okay? And pause and come back, okay? So That's we right. Get, get them downloads. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so here's the synopsis, okay? Creed 3, directed by Michael B. Jordan. Adonis has been thriving in both his career and family life, but when a childhood friend and former boxing prodigy resurfaces, the mm, face-off mm, is mm. more than just a fight. My God. Okay? So... <laughs> Y'all, and um, now Adonis is played by Michael B. Jordan. This movie mm-hmm. is directed by Michael B. Jordan. Um, it's his directorial debut. It is his directorial debut, a very strong, a strong debut. So Michael B. Jordan plays Adonis Creed. Tessa Thompson is his wife, Bianca Creed. Jonathan Majors plays Damian Anderson, mm-hmm. known as Dame in the movie for short. Yeah. Uh, Wood Harris plays Little Duke, who is um, his... Uh, Bo- uh, his manager in boxing, you know, boxing. Yeah, he's great. Manager, he's great. Wood Harris is so great and underrated, in my opinion. Okay. Um, and then Felicia okay. Rashad plays uh, Michael B. Jordan's mom, Adonis's mom, who is Marianne Creed. Uh, and then Mila Davis Kent is Amara Creed, which is Michael B. Jordan and Tessa Thompson. Um, daughter on, in the movie. Okay, so Adonis and Bianca's daughter is Amara Creed. So those are all the main actors. Uh, I don't think I've left out any of the main players in the movie so all right so christine what would you you, you <laughs> so uh, the, listen you let you let yourself have the narration and then you're like and give me the analysis <laughs> I no 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 i i saw it a couple of weeks like honestly Almost one month before you, though. Almost yeah. one month before. Yeah, that's for sure. So it's yeah. it's 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 fresher. In fairness, it ought it ought to be fresher. We'll see. It's been quite a Friday. Oh no, um, I didn't see it last weekend again. So. Oh w- wait a minute! You've seen it twice. <laughs> Here's a quirk, though. Here's a quirk, y'all. And I don't know if I ever shared this on the show, but I, seriously, one of my quirks is that when I watch a movie after I, I gotta watch it. That's why the the movie reviews gotta be turned around like within forty eight hours because I. I <laughs> It's a really weird quirk, and it's always been like this. But I'll be like, I love that movie. The movie was so great. And I couldn't really tell you all of the details and everything. I cannot remember all unless I've seen it 50, 11 times, like Coming to America, you yeah. know, Cooley High, stuff like that. <laughs> you know, like I, yeah, yes. it's wild. It's a really, really weird quirk, but. I still remember. I still no, remember. No. I can and, still and, and, and when you're in conversation with somebody, it'll jog, it'll jog your memory. Exactly. You gonna, it's going. It's all coming back to you now. It's, it's all back. coming just back to you now. You just, I did just see it, and and I and I have good memory of of all. For, for the most part, all of the Rockies into the Creed series as well, and I think of these things as being connected. I think exactly. I, I think you have to understand the purpose of the Rocky story to get to this. To understand Creed as well, you know what I'm saying. So, um, yeah. So I so so I think we can just talk about it in some different chunks. And so I think I think the first chunk is just the overall storyline um, yeah. of what what they were trying to say. So first of all, I would say I I really love a movie that centers on some aspect of friendship. So the, the, you know, whether it's friendship gone wrong or friendship unredeemed or friendship, (laughs) you know, I I think at the center of this is what do we owe our friends? Um, What is, what is due our friends? And when does that expiration date of no longer owing? um, When does that, when does it expire? Right. So I felt like that was, for me, that was a part of what was at the core of this movie. And then obviously there were other characters. I mean, you name like the actual characters, but as I think about this movie, there were actually other characters like toxic masculinity and mass incarceration and um, uh, abandonment, abandonment and and stereotypes about who was able to better process emotions. So if you think about the the role of his wife in the movie versus how he saw his ability to process emotions or inability to process it. Right. So I think, yeah, I think health was a character. Absolutely. Gender stereotypes are are a character, so to speak, in in this movie as Mm -hmm. well. Classism was a character, too. 
Mm-hmm. For sure. Oh man, that was, it was absolutely, it was huge. It was huge. And, and, um, so yeah, so this, yeah, so this whole storyline of, um, of, you know, of, of what it means to have people who go down two different paths, um, that how one incident can change someone's life. The movie, it was, it was, the movie was painful for me at certain points because I mean, I just know the reality on a personal level of what it means to have a friend who, who did not make it to graduation or who did make not it, make yeah. it out, who did, who, yep, um, and, and, and it's a, in, in a lot of cases, it's a matter of one decision. It's being yes. at the, there's no room for margin, particularly for, um, the, 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 the you know, the lead identities in this, in this particular movie, but for bl- young black men, black there is men. no margin for error. There is no, oopsie, that party, I guess I shouldn't have been there. Um, no, it's, it's life and death. It is life and death, or it's 18 years of your life lost in the case right. of, of Damien to the, to, to the incarceration system. And so, um, yeah. And, then, and also I would say that the, the foster care system was another, another character, because that's kind of a subtext of the way in which they became brothers was through the mm-hmm. foster care system. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. What, 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 how would you describe the story? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I loved the, um, I also like that it's centered around um, their friendship, one that we didn't know even existed, you know? So it was, it was really fresh. I thought the storyline and really um, creative in that way, you know, because I was like, well, how are they going to make, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I went into the movie without any expectations. I was not a big fan of Creed Mm 2. I just want to put that out there. I fell asleep. Every time I tried to watch it, I kept falling asleep. I actually might try to watch it this weekend. See what Mm -hmm. happens. Pretty much strength. (laughs) (laughs) Them, it's me too. You know, I'd be tired sometimes. But um, in the movie theater is dark, so yeah. Oh yeah, no, I, I don't think I didn't watch Creed two in the movies though. Oh okay, actually, yeah, 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 yeah. For some reason, something about it just didn't grab me. You know, and that was even pre pandemic. Pandemic, I think that one came yeah. out in nineteen or eighteen, two thousand eighteen or nineteen. But mm-hmm. anyway, I was like, okay, this is this seems like a really interesting plot, you know. And I was like, I'm gonna we'll watch it. Obviously, where Truth Table is. Um, is considered a part of the media, right? A media company. So we got to get um, preview tickets, you know, to go see it in advance and um, and whatnot. And so I got to go check it out and I didn't have any expectations. I did not. I just know Jonathan Majors is a really uh, very attractive man and also a very good actor. And so it's like, there's some incentives here. And so, um, so I was like, let me go. He does have, he does have a fan base. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, at some point in our conversation oh, about why that might be and why it might be just now that that's a thing. Yeah. Because I, I think in the case of both of these guys, these are guys who who would have easily been the way they appear at the college that I went to. Like these are these are your standard HBCU. Your standard black guys. Oh, absolutely. They are. And but but I think there's some other dynamics that are amplifying them. And and I'm and I'm I'm, I'm okay with that. But I think there's some amplification because they. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I was like, let me go. I didn't have any expectations. I went in. I was like, you know, oh, I like this plot. I was like, okay, you know, uh, one person went this way. Another person went that way. How did that happen? You know, so I was really interested on how that that went down. I love the cinematography. Um, I like the uh, the score. Uh, I was I listened for that because I'm a music person. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, sure. so they got you know I'm always it's thinking, a big deal because mm-hmm. I'm from California, right? And front and I lived in LA for many many years. I was like, okay, they got they got the accents down from my vantage point. They got the accents down. They had the right soundtrack, you know, with regard to Dr. Dre. How are you feel? A very controversial figure who I believe needs to be held accountable for the things he's done. But okay, you know, but but that was appropriate mm-hmm. <laughs> considering that it's you know um, set in South. LA, formerly known as South Central LA. So I was like, okay, okay, okay. You know, like they, this is coming off with a, a strong start, you know, and then just seeing the narrative and, um, and seeing, you know, him sneaking out of the, I don't know. It just was very realistic. And it's like, I feel like I know these boys. These are dudes I grew up with around the way. Yeah. You know, I felt very relatable. It was nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Very nostalgic. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I feel like I know them. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, that's Day Day. Like that's just, you know what I mean? Cutting up, doing what they do. Um, And, but like you said, like, you know, people that didn't make it out. I know people that didn't make it out. I know people that are not alive today, you know, Mm -hmm. that I grew up with because of one choice, being at the wrong place at the wrong time, or, you know, unfortunately got hooked on Mm -hmm. a substance and they're just not here, you know, um, anymore. And so that was very realistic. All it takes is that one time. 
Mm-hmm. Or, or, or mass incarceration robbed them of a chunk of their life. <laughs> like exactly. it robbed them of their 20s, their 30s, their 40s. That's I right. mean, it, it, it really robbed them of a significant chunk of their lives. Exactly. So the disproportionate and the disproportionate sentencing, mm-hmm. right, for black men and, yeah. you know, or black boys. We say boys. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're boys at this point. So I, yeah. I, I thought it was really um, fresh and enlivening. It was because I was like, is this going to be depressing? Because yeah. I knew mass incarceration was going to be involved. Yeah. I knew the foster yeah. care system. I was like, is it yeah. going to be depressing? Or is it? <laughs> I did have that concern, you know, but yeah. I, I did not feel, you know, I did not, I did not leave depressed mm-hmm. in the way that I, that I thought I might yeah, like, for I sure. going to be, it was like, okay. So there was, I just thought it was, it was pretty well written which we can go into further, but I yeah. really did actually like the story arc. Um, and I thought it was really wise, relatable yeah. and realistic, mm-hmm. you know, um, given what we've seen so far from Rocky and Creed. Yeah. I'm a big Rocky fan. Okay. I love Rocky. Yeah. So, <laughs> now that I know front to back. Okay, so Sylvester mean, so Stallone is not to be played with. Not at all. <laughs> I, I thought it was. Yeah, I don't know. I really, really appreciated that. So, um, so yeah. See, I'm curious about like, uh, like, you know what? Maybe you could. Maybe this is a good point to talk about Jonathan Majors and Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. The amplification and what yeah you yeah you know, your what you think people's connection is to it. And I will. I can definitely talk about yeah. my own connection. Yeah. After you're done. Well, well, I was gonna. Well, I was gonna say before we began to that, I was oh. gonna think about this theme of survivor's guilt is very strong. I mean, uh, yes, psychologists we talk about that, but this sense of feeling like I made it, they didn't make it, and how that shapes and and reshapes people over time, and I think that is a particular. I I, I would I think that certain certain black folks particularly depending on their relationship to their community of origin and who they are now. Yes. The way that survivor's guilt can can be at play in their Mm decision-making to create kind of avoidance and shame or also kind of overcompensation. And I feel like all of that was happening with Adonis, you know, his character. There was this, um, the way that survivor's guilt was working out was through extreme avoidance, shame, as well as, um, Overcompensation, overcompensation. You know, like 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 here's some money on the table here's some money you know whatever, whatever. and um well, i would have took the money but okay I'll yeah for sure i was like okay because you got it <laughs> you, good, I, I you got it money, i'm saying i'm like i don't <laughs> need the money what? <laughs> but i think but i think he was like i need you to see me well i think in that moment he probably pushed well we know there's more that was happening in in, in that movie but but i think also one of the reasons why he might have pushed back damien's character is because Damien's character was Adonis's big brother through the foster care system. He's like, I'm the one who takes care of you. I taught you everything you knew. I'm the one, you know. And so I think that in that sense, he's like, it almost transported them back to their origin story. And even though, even though Adonis had been living 20 more years of life, um, Damien has been, had been stuck in this. um, And stewing. And hello, I, yeah, facts on facts. Yeah. <laughs> and planning, plotting, and, and, and like, I'm going to get back to where I was back when I was, I don't know, 15, 16, whatever his age was. Yes, um, yeah, to kind of go back to that moment. So the, I, now here's the thing I would say about Michael B. Jordan and uh, Jonathan Majors. I think, I mean, I think they're obviously both, you know, a beautiful men, like, like aesthetically. But I also think that they represent um, an attempt for a counter narrative to like, um, kind of immature bravado and toxicity. And I think that there is a desire, particularly to see men who look, who look scrappy because they're scrappy guys, like they're strapping, like strapping body types, but also sensitive and kind and artist. Like, you know, what, what does it mean to be somebody who looks like a football player, but who is a poet? And that's definitely, that's definitely Jonathan Majors. And, and, and even Michael B. Jordan, I mean, I don't know these people personally, but certainly their interaction in the, in the clips that are floating around, what, what I think is, is attractive is the kindness that they seem to be committed to. And they're, and they're also guys who I have no doubt in high school and middle school were, prob- were probably quirky. <laughs> they probably were quirky because I dirty, probably yeah. corny. I mean, which whatever. by the way is a great compliment yeah, at this point. Great <laughs> characteristic to have. Please be cor- please corny means. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, 
You know that I I grew up doing theater with black with with like all black kids, all black theater mm-hmm. troupe in Baltimore. And so I I knew guys like that. And they yeah. were the guys that in school would have been ignored, they would have been mocked because they didn't invest in necessarily yeah. sports or whatever it was. Although they could have had the capacity to do all those things, I would imagine, but um in a lot of ways they were just ignored. And they actually took a risk being the being the artsy black guy. Yes, they did. So, so I, I mean, so I, I actually think that's a beautiful, a beautiful thing. And I'm, and I think that that is also amplifying them. Obviously they're, you know, they handsome men, they, they fit as a fiddle, you know, but, but yeah. I also, but also I think they don't seem to be about the business of degrading women and immature bravado and toxic masculinity. And that's just refreshing. It is refreshing. Yeah. I think um when I think about them and their amplification of why they might be so popular, there's a couple of things I have some personal connections in my mind to Michael B. Jordan in particular, but um, I think that they represent the lost boys, you know, um, for us within our community, the lost boys that, that would have been in, um, how can I say, would have been in abundance (laughs) had not the carceral system, you know, um, ensnared so many, you know, of our brothers. And I think in some ways that's probably also animates um, this Big, 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 big draw <laughs> toward Michael B. Jordan and um, Jonathan mm-hmm. Majors, right? So it's a tough. It's like um, uh, they're like um, it's like a, a they're like hammers wrapped in silk, right? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? They're strong, um, but tender, you mm-hmm. know. And so, and I think that's like you said, there's something that's um, really attractive to them. Like for me, with regard to my, Michael B. Jordan, now I'm I, I said this on Trump, I'm a big, long time fan of The Wire, right? It's a cult classic. Watched mm-hmm. it many, many years when it came out, you know, and Michael B. Jordan, the first, my first introduction to Michael B. Jordan was on the wire. Yeah. And he was and, in high school mm-hmm. and he played Wallace yeah. and he's still Wallace to me, you mm-hmm. know? So and he's like, it's me, yo, Wallace. And if you have watched that show, then you know what happened after he said that. And so I'm going, real ones know, okay? And so I have this connection. You, you, know, you know my relationship with The Wire is a little bit different. I'm, I'm, from Baltimore, I'm from Baltimore, so I push back on anything that's like, <laughs> let me tell you about Baltimore. And y'all don't, y'all ain't lived there. So I, I, have, I have a different reaction to The Wire. But I get it. It's, yes. you know, I get it. It's a big deal. Yes, that was my, that's my first real introduction. I think he was also on like One Leg to Live. Listen, last oh, yeah. year, oh, he was. Yeah, he was yeah. also on One Leg to Live. You know, so, and, Ch- and Chad, Bo- uh, Ch- he replaced Chad, Chad Bozeman. Exactly. Exactly. So Wild. I grew So I watched Michael B. Jordan grow up, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It was from a, a little boy, really, like a yeah, young, young adolescent boy. Growing mm-hmm. up, growing up. So I see Michael Jordan as like a little brother in my mind. Like, you know what I mean? He's he's yeah. very handsome. I know people go debate on whether he's a good actor or not. I think he is a good actor. Oh, he is a good actor. My word. He's a good actor. I was like, come on, y'all. It's, it's, def- it's definitely a, I think that's a done deal in Creed 3. He's a good actor. Cause, I mean, because you can't be, a, you, you're going to have to be decent to be anywhere near Jonathan Majors. You because he is an actor of a lifetime. Oh, absolutely. he is our new Denzel. He's our new Denzel, no doubt. Yes. Period. Him. Period. Point blank. No doubt about <laughs> it. Oh yeah. So, so I think about I think about that, right? So, I so I have like this. There's this place of affection for Michael B. Jordan because it's just yeah, like, for sure. Oh, I'm my little brother, my little cousin, you know. So, uh, so I'm really proud of him, and he's an exceptional director. Exceptional, yeah. uh, director. Um. Yeah. And then you think about Jonathan Majors, very attractive man. Um, but yeah, I think that he is, he, like you said, he is a poet, you know, and he seems to be, it, it just seems to be like, and I, Christians throw this word around all the time, but it does seem like he's anointed and appointed though for this time. Yeah. Like he's really like this. You can see that acting is a calling. Yeah. It's not yeah. a job. It is a calling for him. And for yes, sure. he gets paid and God provides for him through it, but it really is a calling for him. And yeah. you can tell that you can sense it. And I hope he doesn't lose that. You know, I hope that he just continues, you know, to really um, hold on to the, um, the sacredness of that calling. Right. Cause if, yeah. if God has put a calling on you, then that calling is sacred, whatever that, that is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, so anyway, so I, I think of, you know, so I have different categories for Jonathan Major. So I don't, I don't see him as a brother. I mean, he is interesting. <laughs> about he's, this, young. He, he's young too. <laughs> he is young. He's younger than Michael B. Jordan. Actually, I know. He just he looks he looks a lot like, older. Like to he's me. been here before. He I been. think so. He does. He does have like somebody's great granddaddy. Oh, he got a, he got a <laughs> 
Like his name is Cletus. That's his name is Cletus. Theophilus Jones. Yeah, he's been here before. He's been here before. So, um, <laughs> what I appreciated about the movie, and then we'll take a, a, a break, is that you know, you know, because of all the fodder and the sexiest man alive, you know, with oh. Jordan and oh. Jonathan Majors in his cover on Ebony and all that. You know, I think everybody was really like, "Oh shoot, we about to." We're about to really see all that, you know, the, uh, you know, them all exposed. But I, I felt like the, sh- the movie actually did not play into the yeah mm-hmm. of the bodies. And I really actually appreciate, I really appreciated that. Yeah, actually, sure. I thought that was something really unique about this movie was like, oh, there weren't no sex scenes in this movie. The camera, I mean, they, 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 they implied they some implied. interactions, but I think yeah. that the, so we experienced the movie through the eye of the camera. And mm-hmm. the the whoever you know in terms of the, the videography, it made choices to see their bodies at, as instruments of emotional and and uh, and athletic expression versus seeing their bodies sexual yeah. yeah sexually yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh, just just the way the camera angles were set I mean because you I mean they were obviously in the boxing ring without tops on but yeah. but there is a way that a camera can pan and can linger and we know this from we, know, <laughs> yeah. we grew up in the video vixen mm-hmm. era we know we the know. way that people use cameras to, to be exploitive and to kind of go on this this um kind of a sexualized journey, right? Really and that's and it, it really did. There was a lot of um intention during to the their, training scenes. Their faces. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Even during the training scenes and yeah, which they could have gone there. I mean, these are both very beautiful men. They could have done they could have gone that gone there and it wouldn't have been like you know, out of the you know realm of like plausibility, but they did yeah. not, and so I yeah, they weren't was... ogled by the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, really, I, but I think it helps to have the director being Michael B. Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, so uh, so anyway, so okay. Well, let's take a quick commercial break, and when mm-hmm. we come back, we're gonna be back with some more analysis of Creed Three. All right, so don't go nowhere. Keep it locked. A just passion. A Six-Week Lenten Journey by Ruth Haley Barton, Sheila Wise-Rowe, Tish Harrison-Warren, and Terry M. Wildman and others. Discover this diverse collection of Lenten devotions from IVP authors. To better confront oppression in the world, we must look to Christ our liberator. Lent is the opportune time for this as we contemplate his suffering together. This collection of short readings breath prayers, and scripture passages from the First Nations Version, an indigenous translation of the New Testament, guides readers through a six-week journey of repentance, lament, worship, and healing. Truth Table listeners can save 30% off a just passion when they order at ivpress.com using promo code TRUTH23. This offer expires on September 30th. So when you order at ivpress.com, Use the promo code TRUTH23 to save 30% off a just passion, a six-week Lenten journey. Our NAACP Image Award-nominated book, Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation, is making waves and shifting culture. I closed this book feeling like I had just partaken in a multi-course meal filled with grace and the courage to carry on. And I believe you'll finish this book feeling the same way. Morgan Harper Nichols, artist and poet. Buy Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love and Liberation at our website or wherever books are sold. And we are back at the table talking about Creed Three. she's she's showing people three fingers i need to narrate for the people who who only listen audibly (laughs) Mm, you know so actually six fingers really but oh my gosh well yeah see what would you say about some of the relationship you know know, dynamics in the uh in the film yeah, they, they were there were so many layers of relationships and and again I just really appreciated them taking this character that would be easily that would be easy to caricature as just um all iron and no sensitivity, no nuance. And and certainly Adonis as well as Damien had great complexity to them. And it did manifest in their relationships and their yearnings 
for reparative and redemptive relationships. So one of them is the multi-generational relationship between Adonis's adopted mother, and that is his adopted mom. This is a if you if you've seen the previous ones, this is a woman who did not give birth to him but chose to raise him. This is uh, her her husband's son uh, that he had through an affair, and yet you <laughs> see this expression of deep love that he. Uh, he is her saving grace. She feels like that it's this, said, unique, yeah. it's this unique, painfully, painfully wrought gift, but that becomes really a significant part of her world, right? And how much she just adores and the, her capacity to love beyond her injury of being mistreated. Mm-hmm. I just, there is something really <laughs> amazing about the the way that, um, you know, they don't have Felicia Rashad on, on, on camera a ton, but when she is on camera, uh, she just really embodies this mother that is that you yes. would have thought that she carried him for 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 not nine months but for for ninety years like the level yeah. like you know her just uh, she just adored her boy yeah. and um, so so then you also see that generation but then you also see him one generation his adoration of his daughter and yeah. the the sweetness the gentleness the Amara uh, exactly and the ways in which she. She and he both get it. They both get boxing on a level that other people don't get it, that even the mom may not get it, right? They kind of have their inside understanding that this is not just about, this is not simply violence or who's stronger, but there's patience and timing and skill and nuance and studying someone to understand their moves and knowing how your body moves. And so there was a decision to, I think, really demonstrate the, the, the complexity and science of boxing in this movie as well. And obviously, I, you know, I have a different relationship with boxing now than I did when I was a kid growing up. I, I watched boxing all the time. All the time. As a kid growing up. And and who I am today, I just, you know, I, I just can't watch boxing today. <laughs> like, that's just not, well, you know. not as popular as it was in the 80s. And yeah. 90s, this was a big thing. Well, this this was also the Mike Ty- yeah, you know, Tyson era. I, I, I really remember the Mike Tyson era. And, mm-hmm. um, but even now, I just, you know, I think, also because I've been a former trauma therapist, I just think about the, the way that we deal with the body in a, in a, just a different way now. But with that being said, I appreciated it. I appreciated um, the way in which he and that daughter shared this, bond, uh, this yeah. unique connection, this unique bond. So that's, that's one relationship, uh, the, the relationship going back with him and his mother and the relationship going forward with him and his daughter. And I really love the fact that we have a child in the movie who is signing throughout oh, yeah. the entire movie um, and does not, you know, and does not miss a beat. And, and here you see the parents, you know, when Damien comes to the house, yes, it's I like, let that. me, let me teach you how to greet this child versus That's saying right. like child, learn how to greet him. Um, and so, um, that she feels comfortable in her home, that she feels normal in her home, right? Yeah. Where, where in the world that may not, that will not be the case for our children, but to whatever extent we can make home feel safe and warm and that you're quote unquote normal here is just so important. So I, I really love seeing Adonis as a father, especially knowing how he was unloved yes. by his own father. And again, that shows the ability to have a, a, a future redemption yes. um, in the next generation. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I um some of the relationships that jumped out um, to me, I absolutely loved um Tessa Thompson, uh, Bianca mm-hmm. Creed, and Felicia Rashad, who was Mary Ann Creed. Um, right. Their relationship, the mother-in-law and mother, uh, daughter-in-law relationship, I just love how it dispelled um, the common some some common realities, you know, oh, and sure. stereotypes though too of what that relationship can't be. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> like the caricatures, they're, mm-hmm. the caricatures, right? They're, they're obviously discord and disharmony and mm-hmm. acrimony. You know, oftentimes mm-hmm. fighting, fighting over the guy, fighting mm-hmm. over the guy, right? You know, and that's mm-hmm. oftentimes the tropes that we see. You know, on you know all throughout media with regard mm-hmm. to mother and daughter in law relationships, and we hear sometimes in real life. So I'm not, so sure. not completely made up, um, but sure. I oh, I love 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 their relationship. Um, and her deep, um, Tessa's deep connection uh, to her mother-in-law and her mother-in-law's deep connection to her and them sitting on the right. couch and and she's talking about, oh, I'm just I'm trying to give in to your mom to, mm-hmm. you know, come live with us. And so we get a live-in braider. Listen, I was like, that's that's a, That's very important. Doing, hair, <laughs> doing the child's hair is not, that is 
a yes, job. Yes, okay. Yes. That is mm-hmm. a job. That was very relatable. I think that was very relatable for, you know, for all of us, you know, um, within our cultural context, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, doing, doing our kids hair or doing our nieces hair. We all, we know mm-hmm, <laughs> that mm-hmm. labor is a labor of love. It really is a labor of love. <laughs> um, and so that was beautiful, you know, to see and to witness and just her, her even just talking about her own connection to um her mother-in-law um even yeah. after her passing and like uh, that was my person like that was my person yeah. you know, like i i talked to her about she's you know, who I, I had mm-hmm. she's who i had you know and it's like um almost like there, there's some redemption and restoration even there within that relationship that now is gone because they've been yeah. parted by death and i don't i don't know that they go into her her back bianca's backstory about her family so I, so in the previous creeds, I think we get a little bit more of her her aloneness. Yes, um, mm-hmm. she de- she definitely feels like an iso- isolated. She feels like an isolated character throughout. But I was going to say that scene where she's like being to get a live in braider. You know, you see uh, Bianca's character use her emotional intelligence. I mean, that, that, I think it's what she represents in the movie is a, a great deal of emotional oh, intelligence. Yeah. She's kind of a grounding person, oh, uh, even for Adonis. An and so, absolutely. So she, she, her way of trying to get her mother-in-law to live with her is to talk about, like, can you bring this we skill? Yeah. But really the, really, the subtext is you've had a stroke. And we need to keep our eyes on you, but that might be shameful to you yeah. <laughs> if I say that out loud, right? Because I know you feel like you're a superwoman. Yeah. So can you just come? Because we because the reason why we need you here is because we really need you. Yes. But they're also kind of like, no, we want to keep we want to keep an eye on you. Yes. But saying that to an elder, you know, like I'm concerned about you. You definitely want to, you know, th- there was a strategy you there, I think, you. as well. Exactly. You which is we need you to help us. And by the way, you know, you're more likely to get one of your elders to say, okay, let me come on and help them. Them kids, they still need me. That's right. <laughs> Versus being like, I don't want you to drive anymore because I'm concerned about what you're, what you're doing exactly. on the road. <laughs> exactly. No, that's true. That's true. So yeah, yeah. I really, I just really love that. Yeah, sweet. Um, that scene, I thought it was sweet because it reminds me of, people that I know that have great relationships with their mm-hmm. mother-in-laws. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, you yeah, know, yeah. I think that's sweet. It's just beautiful reflection. It's not a fantasy. It's not made up. Yeah. These relationships do actually exist. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. You know, people yeah. do actually have good relationships with their mother-in-laws. They might not be perfect all the time, but they do. But these yeah. things do exist. Um, I also loved um, Duke. Yeah, mm-hmm. who's played by Wood Harris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my, yeah. My, also my brother from the Y. You know, he... Yeah. His sure. relationship with uh, Michael B. Jordan and him trying to be the the conscience <laughs> of Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Well, Trump. he's just he's just the voice of common sense. He's yeah. like, this is not going to go well. And he's we were like, like, that's true. <laughs> the, the irony of one of the early scenes in the movie when um, Adonis is walking through the gym, right, and he's talking to um, oh gosh, the new boxer, the new the the big boxing star. Oh yeah, the, the, the young yeah the young young uh, Felix Young. Stein. Yeah, yes, young the young Latino boxer. That relationship between him and his mom that was wild. Now that was something else. That was intense. They, that I was- mean, they they had they had a contract. Like you are about, you know, your talent is tied to the success, the health, the endurance of this family. Of this family, you, you gotta, make it yeah. happen. You're the workhorse. I was like, <laughs> you make it happen. <laughs> so yeah, so Felix, I believe, yeah, is who that that the character was, and you know, you know, he's yeah. not listening to Duke. You know, Duke is his trainer, you know, yeah. but he's not listening to Duke. And then, you know, Adonis comes in and be like, all right. You know, he's, he tells him it's not about the, the, the weight or the power of the punch. It's about the timing, you yeah. know? And so, and, and, I, and Duke is pretty much like, yeah, that's what I've been saying. You know? And so Michael <laughs> to Felix, you know, he tells him this and then he goes, listen to Duke. And yeah. then Duke goes, yeah, yeah, listen to Duke. Do you hear that? <laughs> you know, so I thought, but but, the, but what I found ironic yeah. about that is that when it was time for Adonis to listen to Duke, yeah. because of the survivor guilt, because he was way down with his survivor's guilt, that's right. Because he was way down with reg- regret and dissipation, because mm-hmm. you know yeah. all of those memories he did came, not listen. <laughs> because of the unresolved trauma, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he did not listen to Duke, yeah. and Duke kept warning and kept and from the beginning, Duke called it because he knows him. Right? Yeah. He's trained him. He knows uh, Adonis in ways that his mother doesn't know him, and in ways that his wife don't know it, don't know him. Right, and yeah. so, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, yeah, um, and ironic. But I love their um, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, their relationship, you know. Oh, I, I did. Mean, yeah, he's he was I so still nice. stood by him. He didn't reject him. He didn't walk away. You know, where yeah. sometimes that can happen. You know, for but sure. He was like, okay, I already told you, but yeah. Well, well, Duke is really the uncle, the big brother of big the movie. Uncle, yeah. yeah, in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, and so yeah, his his character is also really grounding. There are these pillars that kind of surround Adonis, including his wife and his mother, and obviously Duke as well. You know, the the other the other. Um, I think the other piece that's interesting too is this relationship between him and his wife. And I've talked about how he, about how she carries the emotional intelligence. And and it's interesting because he looks at her at one point and he's like, well, you're good with feelings. And she's like, I'm toe up. I am suffering. I'm going through it, but I just got, I just got to live. I have to. And I think that people who, um, and I think all of us who are the, are the so-called strong person or the wise person or the stable person, we know that people perceive that as like, oh, you just must not feel the same things. No, no. <laughs> no. no. And she was like, I just have to choose to immerse myself in joy in what I do have. Of course, I want to sing the songs that I write, but I have been, but this is what I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with a hearing impairment that does not allow me to function in the same way that I have. And so I can, I can, I can wallow in that. And it hurts. And it hurts. It hurts. And that actually was, I think, freeing for him to know that the woman he sees as a superwoman of emotions is in pain. And it also allowed him to rise up to attend to her pain as well, instead of thinking, oh, she, she just, she has this, no, she's good to go. Um, I think, I I think that was important in in the movie to see. The other part I thought was fascinating as it relates to marriage is that people can go into marriage and they make decisions about what they choose to share and don't share as it relates Mm. to their history and their trauma. And so here, you know, here is a couple who is, who from the viewer's eye is deeply connected. There's a great deal of intimacy and passion and friendship and and loyalty, right? Mm -hmm. And yet this deep, deep cutting secret that has shaped him, this abuse narrative, she doesn't even know, she doesn't know that it's happened. She didn't know that he was even in a a home. She she didn't, she didn't know the name of the abuser. And so as soon as she catches wind of it, she, of course she's on it. She's like, uh, who Leon, who's Leon? Like what's, you know, what's what's going on? And I, and I would say that's a part of the movie that I actually was, I was surprised about the way that they played out the narrative of abuse as I thought about. So maybe about 10 minutes into this movie, I felt like I predicted where this movie was going to go. Mm-hmm. Like I, I knew, like I was like, okay, there is a, there is an anger that is rooted in these young men. That's not about their relationship with each other. It's about something they've experienced previously. Yes. Um, and that their job for each other was like, I got your back, yes. and I'm bearing witness to the pain that we suffered. I actually thought that the narrative was going to be sexual abuse and not. Uh, I physical thought so too. Abuse. I'm glad it wasn't. I just, it, I, I'm, I'm glad. I, I, in some ways, I'm glad that it it wasn't. But I also think that it is important for us to reckon with the high percentages of black boys that are sexually abused. And I think that, uh, and again, we don't want to exploit that um, and, and, and just, and break people down just to break them down. But as, but as I track the level of anger um, that Adonis had, I, 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 that's what I, I assumed that we were going to find that out. I did too. I thought it was going to be sexual abuse. So much shame. There was so much shame. But to your but, but to your point, I also do feel like you're right. We do need a a space to be able to talk about sexual mm-hmm. abuse, the preponderance of sexual abuse um, um, that black boys and black yeah. men have experienced, and that would have been a, a good. And, and obviously, it's still opening up the conversation. We're we're just bringing it now um, to the right. table right now. But yeah, I, because the, you're right. The level of the anger. And I'm not trying to minimize physical abuse, but it, it did seem like, oh, okay, this seems like a real deep rage, like a real quiet rage. Like this man has been violated. Yeah. In the and that, and that he kept, and that he chose to keep it from Bianca, that he, yeah. that he chose to keep it from his and intimate partner. Yeah. That, that made me, that again, that also made me go, we're going to get a flashback that's that cool. implies uh, sexual abuse at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, it was abuse against the physical body. And so Absolutely. then he becomes a person Still whose a entire life is defending his body. So the the uh, the way in which he uh, shaped him. you know remediates his his trauma experience is 
his body, you know, is, is now a machine that, you know, mm-hmm. th- that resists injury. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that was an interesting thing to consider about their relationship as closely connected as they are, these secrets, these deep secrets of shame that, um, we don't necessarily even breathe out loud to the person who we think has our back the most. And I think, yeah. and you saw that she had to go mining for that. She had to go digging she had to go to Damien. for it. She yeah. had to go to Damien. I appreciated that Damien said he knew his limit. Like, yeah. Boundary, like yeah. he got to tell you the rest, like that's because that's because that's his trauma too. One of his traumas, I'm sure, but that was his trauma too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I thought that was. I did appreciate that. That even in, because as um, you know, he came back. You know, um, you know, me against the world. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> type of chip on his shoulder and um, wanting some get back to some degree. Oops. Yeah, you know, to some, to some, you know, <laughs> yes, yes. And come up, you know, uh, looking for yes, a indeed, of, yes, indeed, come up and a get back, or what he was felt like he was robbed of, yeah, what he was for owed, sure. right? Trying to get what he was owed. So honestly, if they really wanted to push it and turn him into like a bishop from Juice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they could have done that, and he could have really divulged the whole thing, you know. But he didn't. I thought yeah. that was, I thought that was good, and that's why I think yeah. that speaks to their friendship in yeah. the um in the movie right as yeah. the, their friendship as a character that even through all these years even through all that he was still wanting to protect you know to some yeah. degree yeah. you know what was um for adonis what is sacred to adonis what was yeah. his to tell and not his because yeah. you know our stories are always interconnected right and so we, we talk always. about this on the show all the time always our always. stories are never just our own they implicate other people Right. That's because right. we are connected to other people. We're not an island unto ourselves. And so I thought that was interesting. But even yeah. then, I think what also shown through the movie is the real friendship mm-hmm. of uh, uh, um, Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors. You know, yeah. it's just this I, which has been really, really beautiful. I have been devouring <laughs> the content all of the content because it's you cathartic. Know? It's very it's healing. So beautiful. You know, because you do not see often. You don't often see black men say, I love you to one another. Men, men period. <laughs> period. 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 You know, I, um, I actually think you're more likely to see black men do that than any other than any other group. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I guess it's true. Yeah, I just mean you know, it's just not as far as few between you just don't see it. Yes. Not, it's not, sure. not the same way that you'll see it for like a black woman or women, oh, period. Right. For sure. For sure. You know, and so I just was like, this is really refreshing and beautiful. Absolutely. You know, it's like their friendship is giving um Jonathan and David. Is what yes. I said in our Black Women's Facebook discipleship group. It feels yeah. very covenantal, and yeah. I love that he was in one of their. Um, oh, you know what? Maybe it was in the, um, when uh, Jonathan Majors was giving a speech when Michael B. Jordan got um, the Hollywood star. Yeah. Oh, was, yeah, that like, was amazing. He pursued him, and he was like, "You know, do you want to be friends? Mm-hmm. You know, with me, like, like for real, for real." Yeah. You know? And because you, if you want to be friends with somebody, you have got to pursue them. You have mm. to be intentional. It yep. actually reminded me of our friendship because you pursued me and you pursued our friendship and, you know, called mm. and we were called and, you know, and then before you know, we're, we're friends. I, friends. I, I, I was like, this girl need a friend. Friends, <laughs> friends. We became fast friends, which I'm, I'm grateful for, you know, <laughs> and, and I did need a friend, you know. Uh, we, I, we all do. My God. <laughs> And I just, anyway, I just thought it was really, really beautiful. Very beautiful. Yeah. If y'all get a chance, just devour. Just Michael B. Jordan, Jonathan Majors. Just, <laughs> just they have them. their own, they have their own show of awesomeness. And I will say this. I do think that's something that it's, it's good that you bring up that point about just truth table and what we, what we do here. Um, I, I think that it is refreshing to bear witness to kindness and to friendship and to people who, want to see other people thrive and excel and you know and i think i hope people experience that they've experienced it through the years through uh, I mean, truth yeah. table I'm even sure. even when we had you know our our our, our co-host michelle right our hopes and goals have always been that people thrive and shine and and just that the lord would would use them to to do whatever it is god's you know desire for them and mm-hmm. to just mm-hmm. delight in other people like that, that has kind of an emotional contagion to it. And when you're around it, people who kind of listen in when they're like, I just feel like I'm your friend. It's because I think our actual friendship probably flows out yeah. <laughs> from yeah, this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, absolutely. It, and, it, and it models that. And I think it's super refreshing to your point to see both Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors show that show that healthy, yeah. warm and kind um, yeah. friendship towards each other. I, I, um, 
the, earlier when I was saying that I think that that uh, Jonathan Majors is the is the signature actor of our our generation. Um, so I mean, you know, I'm a Marvel fan, so I, I saw him in the Marvel movie as well, and he plays the so-called bad guy. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But he he is uh, his he is such a skilled actor that is able to humanize so deeply his character that even as the bad guy he couldn't buy it. <laughs> even, I mean, I, no, I knew he was, I knew okay. he was tripping, yeah. but I also knew that I was like, I also knew like, there must be something more. There's yeah. something behind this. And usually characters are so, so one dimensional. It's like, you just suck. But you, but it made me want to lean in more to hear how his story unfolds, to understand. Yeah. And why does he feel like he has to function in the way that he's functioning? Right. Um, And so, yeah. So, so similar to like a Denzel Washington, when we think about him as the new Denzel. Right. Um, And so Denzel Washington likewise has this, this spiritual religious upbringing, Pentecostal context, Mm -hmm. you know, Jonathan Majors mother was, or is a preacher. There is, um, and, and really had like this whole, (laughs) when he describes the way she was like, no drugs, no sex, no this, you know, every every time he left the house and he was saying that even when he was, you know, landed in college, he had to say out loud, no drugs, no sex, no whatever, whatever it was. And, And, um, and so, um, yeah, and I just I just think that there is, to your point, there is something spiritual happening in the arts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The arts are really a divine gift from our Creator God, and there is something about somebody who is shaped to be a storyteller to remind us of the richness and beauty of our humanity. Whether we are a bad guy in the movie, yeah, or whether we're a so-called good guy in the movie, and I just think that He has the ability to remind us of the beauty of humanity. So, in, so even in this movie with Damien, even though he does something wrong, and you're like, "Darn it, Damien, you might need to get locked up for what you did," because honestly, it was something illegal that he. When yeah. I think about it, I was like, "That was illegal. That was a setup," um, and he would go back to prison. Actually, yeah. <laughs> he would go back to prison. I um. I still had a sense of feeling like empathy. I'm no better. I'm no better than him. I, I haven't had to make make the choices that he had had before him. And without having those choices before you, you don't know what you would do. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why yeah. we have to live with humility and gratitude right. that we didn't have those choices before right. us. And so that that that's how I. And of course, that final scene with him and Michael B. Jordan. Um, the redemptive arc that, you know, I'm just so glad it did not end in the ring. You know, what were your thoughts about that? I loved it. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, yeah, I love, I love the ring scene. I believe he, um, Mm -hmm. you know, don't even lie. Give me the line, but he was, he was, um, uh, Michael B. Jordan was inspired and informed by, um, like a lot of anime, that whole anime world, you know? Oh, Um, for sure. For sure. You know what? I don't know that world. Oh, manga. Okay. There's manga. (laughs) I, I have a diehard anime oh, manga person in my home, know, so I, this is why I'm at, that, this is why world. I'm well I'm well versed in this. That's why yes. you saw the punches go the way they were. That's why you saw the CGI. It was just yeah. I love this. People either loved it or didn't love that scene, but I really loved. Oh, how I, I wanted even more artistry in that scene. I loved it. I, I wanted loved even it. More. I loved. It. I loved how it was just them isolated in the ring. I liked that. So oh I heard God, some yeah. people in the audience, you know, because I live in Wakanda. I live in Wakanda, and yeah. so. <laughs> You know, people are gonna talk back to the screen, and yeah. so they, someone, the lady next to me, didn't like that, but I actually liked it. Oh yeah, yeah. I really, I'm really like. I told her, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm all right with it, you know. So, so it's interactive. It's an interactive, yeah, uh, yeah. When you live in Wakanda, and so, um, so yeah, <laughs> so, so there was that. But you know what was interesting, and I, you know, I, li- I liked that it didn't end in the ring either. It was re- redemptive, restorative. Mm-hmm. Like it, that was beautiful, and it, it didn't feel um forced. Like, okay, yeah. now hug your brother after y'all done fought. Nah, it wasn't. <laughs> That's the worst. It wasn't that. But it it no. felt very, it was well done. I, I appreciated the writing, the story. Shout yeah. out to Ryan Coogler, Keenan Coogler, and Zach Balin. Hold on, let me get the right name right now. Mm-hmm. Hold yeah. on now. Let me get yep, it together. Yep. It's, it's Zach yeah, Balin. Yeah, Zach Balin. Yeah. You know, I, I appreciate good writing, y'all. Um, it was very good. Very well, well done. Um, yeah. But you know, something that I, uh, one critique that I have, of course, now it's escaped me. Really? Really? Is that what's happening now? <laughs> I had it. I had it in my mind. And what was it? You know, oh, here we go. I really would have loved to get a little bit more. All of the characters um, um, were definitely not one di- one dimensional, but I would have loved to hear a little bit more about Damon's backstory. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit more, you know, just yeah. a little bit about his 
upbringing? How did he get into the system? Or even, yeah, just some some backstory a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I would have loved to a little bit more. Yeah. Well we, well, we knew that they were both in the foster care system. So their right. guardians or parents or whoever did not have capacity or were deemed okay. to not have capacity to care for them. And we know that his real introduction into, I think the incarceration, you know, was, was when, you know, his little brother, best friend gets exactly. into this fight. Right. And then he exactly. run he runs <laughs> again, all these choices that lay before us, he runs he and, and his friend does not run. And he has, and, and, and what's interesting is that he has this gun, but you can understand why he has this gun. Cause I don't know, folk jump out and beat you down on the ground. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, it's just like hello. Yeah, but to your to your point about that boxing match scene, I actually I preferred it when it was just them in the ring. Yeah, I like that for a whole host of reasons. One, one I think is symbolized at the end of the day. This is about these two brothers and the pain that they have, and so we got a visual of that. But also because I have a trigger response to people the, watching the sport of watching black men beat each other, yeah. and and the imagery of them cheering and chanting one black man to destroy another black man is a bit much for me. And yeah. I get this, and I get the sport was raised watching it yeah, really. and wrestling, and yet and still I'm like ooh, especially coming out of. Uh, you know, the, the the pain of Tyree Nichols. I mean, it's just, I just well, cannot, yeah. I just cannot do it. I'm yeah, not, I just, I can't be entertained by black people harming black people. It's just not, that's not the street that I live on. Um, mm-hmm. And I get, I get the physicality and it's a sport and I really do believe that, but that's where my mind and mental I health mean, is yeah. as of today. And I would have, and I did love the way that the, 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 the oh, prison yeah. cells, the jail cells drop down into the ring, like that artistic element. I would have loved for there have been, to, there have been a moment where we paid homage to his mother. I mean, she had died um, not long before, I think, the fight. And I would have loved for her, her voice or something in that moment to represent his grief and her influence. Maybe like a, maybe a voice over her saying, yeah, "Yeah," for her to say something like, which kind of the last thing, one of the last things she told him is that you have to find another way. Mm -hmm. You're going to find another way for, which is not going to be just you hidden, you know, in boxing. Right. And he does find another way at the end, which is the pursuit of reconciliation with his brother yeah. and, re- and, re- and they both get released by each other. One yeah. releases says like, actually this wasn't, man, this is bigger than you. This wasn't you. And the other one is like, you didn't deserve it. It ain't either. on you. Yeah. That was, yeah. that was good. That we, we were, we were <sighs> kids. That was good. You know? And I absolutely love the scene when they were about to go um, box and you know, it's kind of split They're between a wall and they walk and they stop in the same direction and they look in the same direction, but they can't see each other because it's the wall. It's like, that yeah. shot, I was like, Michael, you were in your bag. <laughs> that was just that was a beautiful scene. Uh, it was like I it was like I am my brother. You know, so I'm my good. brother's keeper I in that moment. Keeper. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. I thought that was re- really beautiful. And I love the mental health, the push. I am loving this push toward mental health within our community. That mm-hmm. was a strong message throughout the movie, you yeah. know, and just the need to like express your emotions. You got to talk about it, you know, and Tessa saying, it's not easy for me, mm-hmm. but I want to be free. <laughs> you know? yeah, you know? And also because she knows that she has to be, be of service to others. This is one of the things that sometimes often motivates women. It's not that they, it's not that it's not necessarily their self-love. It's their, it's their external love for the good and the bad of that, that oh, motivates yeah. them to do the work that they need to do because she still needs to show up and be a mother to her daughter. She That's needs right. to be a daughter-in-law to her just recently ill uh, mother-in-law to her husband. Um, she, she, she has to show up to the people that she's writing songs for. So she doesn't get the luxury of like navel gazing and just, you know, being, being non-functional and depressed. It's like, I got to do something with this because there are people who, uh, depend on, depend on me. And I think, um, yeah, I think I think that was that was really highlighted and shown in her character that she, she destroyed in some ways the black superwoman myth. Oh, and yeah. just and just that really short scene of saying like, no, I am hurting, yeah. and I am disappointed. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> I, I would rather it not be this way that it is, and and it, and it blew his mind and let him know that this is a skill that I can develop. Yeah. Instead of this being something magical that I just don't I don't naturally possess. So Let's I think that was a really together. helpful message. Let's mm-hmm. heal together. You know why? Because Maya Angelou the Great said, "What she said? What she love said? liberates." Yeah, absolutely. And I do think she got that from the Bible. (laughs) Because Maya is a believer. 
and she's up there with the thrice holy God. <laughs> we shall meet one day. Hey. So, so, okay, well, before we close, what do you give this movie? What, how oh, do you we, get it on this? Are we going to give stars? Are we doing star, the stars? Out of, out of five stars, what, what do you give it? What do you give it? I give this movie, and this was a great movie, and y'all should pay to see this movie, and you should see the entire, you should see the entire franchise starting with Rocky One, because it is a story. <laughs> it, it, it is a story of understanding how men work out emotions. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. So I would say, at least in the American context, y'all go on and check it out. Um, but I would, and, and I'm not trying to be stingy. I really am not. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> I'm not, because I'm not a hater. I'm not. I am a motivator, not a hater. Yeah. But I'm going to give it about four. Okay. I, it possibly could have been a 3.75. Yeah, okay. it could have been a 3.75. Here's why. Acting was superb. Writing was great. I do think that they... I do think they held back. There are two dynamics that I think needed to be on the table. One, I think that abuse narrative yep. needed to tell more of what I felt like was, that's just, maybe that's just me and I'm a former trauma therapist, but I was like, mm, I'm reading this as, as a, as a, abuse. Yeah. A, as a violation of male identity. I'm reading this deeply. Yes. And so all of that to say, I, I think, I think there was a hesitation on that. And I go, and I get why. Trust me, I deeply get why. But mm -hmm. but I think that was I think that was actually a painful miss. But I get mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And then the other piece is I think we needed more um, more mourning with the the consequences the of the, the death yeah. of this mother. I, I I was like, is that it? Is that it? What what? This was his mama, <laughs> and this is his last parent. This yeah. is it. This is all that he has. And so obviously that scene was very, that, that scene was um, cathartic and beautiful when she starts to talk to, when she starts to talk to Apollos, right? Yeah. It's, through him. That's amazing. I mean, uh, she, Felicia Rashad did her work. There's no doubt. You oh, know, yeah, give, she did. Run her, her check. That, that woman been acting for a long time. Yes, yeah, she did. But I do think, I, I think I needed another loop. And it could have been in the ring. It could have been that voiceover that I, that I talked about. I just needed yeah. another moment to hear her say to him, you can do another way, Adonis. And then it would have just yes. been like, you know, that's my mother's voice. I, I just needed that for me. But how about you? What 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 say you? How many stars? We I know I know you love this movie. When you came back, you was like, oh my goodness, it's it good. Yeah, I really <laughs> love the movie. I did. I did. It's my favorite one. It really is my favorite one out of out of the Creed franchise. You know, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. on Rocky. Now I love you to Rocky. Come um, on now, yeah. come on now, yeah, I love come on, Philly, life. come on, Philly. It's like the best movie to like take a nap to because I've seen it fifty times, all of them, literally. So it's like I could just nap and I know what's going on. Um, you so, up like, oh, oh, we're here. Someone died. Oh, this okay. is the part when the uh, yeah, the Russian guys really going. Yeah. Ooh, oh, my goodness. Ooh, it was something else. Ooh, that was something else. Come back. That was a comeback. Okay. Um, <laughs> honestly, okay. So my critiques were the. Um, I would like wanted just a little bit more. If I had to find something, I really wanted a little bit more of Damien's backstory, a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, you know, for sure. Uh, a little bit more of his origin story. I'm always curious about how people become who they are or are shaped how they are. So um, that would have been nice. I think just a little bit. I feel like we mm -hmm. got a little bit more. Um, and he wasn't one dimensional. He was not one note at all. But I just would have wanted to see a little bit more of his interior life. If yeah, 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 yeah. Because we yeah. didn't see him in prison, which I thank God that would have been tra traumatizing for me. I, I don't oh, that, and I remember I asked you that directly because I just could yeah. not go. I couldn't go. And there. we did not. We did not. So honestly, I, I'm, I'm giving it a four and a half. I'm giving it a four and a half, y'all. All right. All right. I really that's like a, the movie. That's a high score. I really <laughs> loved it. I really. Yes. I came out the movie like, dang, I would own, the, own this movie if that was a thing. It was now. great. And, I, and let me add this, that the two, I don't know their names right now. The two young actors who played them as adolescents oh, were, they were excellent. They were great. And then the actual, then the, the, the facial feature matching the, like the. Um, Thaddeus Mixon played young Adonis and yeah. Spence Moore, the second played Damien. Let me tell you something. They were Spence wonderful, and, and 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 I and and bringing them up, it just reminds me as we as we go to our clothes of the <laughs> scene in which they're in the ring and they look across each other and they see each other as their adolescent selves. They see, yeah. and it was you know in in their adolescence and their full humanity when when it yeah. was when we really were brothers before 
the ugliness of the world came to get us before our before our abuser confronted us, before the the criminal justice system snatched us away, yeah, right. before all of these things happened. We were there, brothers. There is my brother across the and am I gonna choose to keep beating him in his face? <laughs> <laughs> and yes, they did. But the point is, but the point is, I feel like those brothers met again at the closing scene. <laughs> <laughs> they were working out they trauma. My God, they were working it out. Oh, I, I mean, I literally, I had an ugly cry at one, like two thirds into the movie. I mean, it wow. was like the, you know, that kind of, and, and, and again, it was because I was reading where this narrative was going to go. It, it actually, you know, it was dialed back more than I thought it was going to yeah. be, but, but it was, yeah, it was, it was painful and yet it was exquisitely acted. So. Yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it was. So y'all go see Creed 3. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you thought. I mm-hmm. just, really, I don't know. I just thought it was well written. I just, it yeah. was really, really, I don't know. It was really good. You know, it you was had great. The, the black love element in there. You had the, the love of the mother, the brotherly love. You know what I mean? I mean hello. The, the love of father, daughter, girl, dad. All of it was yeah. all in there. I just... Yes. It was great. No objectification. Praise God. We like that. I mean, hello. A couple who really liked each other. Like Life you saw, you saw this kind of this intimacy, this this playfulness. Um friendship. Yes. Like yeah, I, yeah. I, like what's going on? Well, how could why does it seem like you're not settled on that? You know, like like intimate knowing, intimate knowledge, you know? So I yeah, anyway. Um, and yeah. it helps when the actors like each other. They did. I mean, I will Michael, <laughs> so so there was a decision there. Michael B. Jordan and those writers made a decision in a world that really is quite disrespectful to black male female partnerships to give us on screen and a lovely black marriage. I love it. <laughs> I, I hate it. Up. That was that was a gift to us out in these traumatized streets. So thank you, brethren, thank for you. that. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for that. I mean, yeah, Kugler and, you know, who was also a married man. So I, I just, I, lo- I loved it. I, I ate it up. So uh, I can't <laughs> wait for y'all to watch it. If you already have watched it, we, you know, please, you know. Yes. Give us your, email us, tweet us. Tell you know us, know tell I mean? us. So, y'all know, run, run and tell that. Run, tell that. So we want to <laughs> thank y'all. Thank y'all for taking a seat at the table with us this week. Let's keep the conversation going, for real, for real. <laughs> tweet mm-hmm. us your thoughts about this a movie review, Creed, Creed 3, using the hashtag Truth Table. Black women, please join Truth Table's Facebook Black Women's Discipleship Group. Uh, make sure you answer the entry questions now. Um, follow Truth Table on Facebook and join our group today. Invite your homegirls too. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Truth Table and email us your thoughts at asktruthstable at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and re- review the show on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Truth Table has a Patreon account so y'all can send your love offerings to patreon.com slash truthstable or you can bless us at our PayPal, which is paypal.me slash truth table truth tables audio producer is joshua heath our video producer is daryl bradford and truth tables executive producers and hosts are akemini uan and christina edmondson we'll see you soon on the next truth table bye y'all